What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Confused World. This is your host, Matt. As always, everyone, subscribe, follow, and give us a five-star rating if you like the contents of this podcast. And uh, so this episode... I wanted to bring to everyone's attention, thanks to a series that is on Hulu. It actually came out in, um, I believe, 2021, so last year. But the movie has Michael Keaton in it, and it's called Dope Sick. Now, if you haven't heard about this movie, um, I definitely urge everyone to go see it. I I haven't seen it yet, but... Um, I know a few people that have actually brought it to my attention and the contents of this movie in particular really impacts all of us as a whole. Now there are some things that were exaggerated as with every movie, but the majority of it was really um was really a lot of factual information of that movie. And um Michael Keaton in the movie from my understanding is a doctor in the movie. And uh, he's prescribing a prescription that has just come out, um, Oxycontin. Now, of course, we have known about Oxycontin for many, many years, but that—that's it, it gets a little bit deeper into it. The family that's responsible for it, uh, the company, or the pharmaceutical company that put it out there, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's really in-depth. Uh, from my understanding and I have again I haven't seen it I have all intentions on seeing it but some of the things that in there should absolutely make you sick with what's going on in the medical profession it really honestly should Um, so that's that's what really sparked this um, this episode now I found about like six different articles. I know that there are more than that, but I found six that I absolutely liked, and um, it's we might not even get into all of those articles today, but I'm definitely going to give it my best shot to see how many of these articles we can get in here, and if necessary, make this a part two, because I think this is, this is absolutely important that we get this information out there. And the dangers of this drug. Because Oxycontin is a opioid. And opioids are basically nothing more than synthetic heroin. Okay? Which is why a lot of people go from being so addicted to certain opioids like Oxycontin. And seeing the price that you some people actually have to pay for this. And... They think, okay, well, if I'm, you know, in order to save money to help feed my addiction, I might as well go find it out on the street, which leads to finding heroin and overdoses. And there's so many issues that can play along with this. And it's it's scary to think about. It's sad to think about that. The people that are putting all these medicines out there are really all out for themselves. Big Pharma has always been about themselves. And you can't, I mean, nobody can tell me otherwise. Now, I know that seems kind of uh, like, well, Matt, you seem pretty sure of yourself on that, that no one can convince you otherwise. Here's the thing. When doctors and, you know, and people like that 
um, like pharmaceutical people and all that. Doctors specifically, okay, they take the what they call the Hippocratic Oath. And that is first do no harm. And there are so many doctors that are more harmful than not. I mean, there's a movie about a kid that has um, uh, a seizure disorder. And they give him a certain drug to find out that this drug is literally eating his entire insides. It's dissolving them. And this, I mean, I can't, I can't remember the name of this movie for the life of me, and sadly. But this mom, she pours this liquid content into a styrofoam cup and just literally watches this medicine that they're giving to her child just erode this styrofoam cup. And she's just going, wait a minute. If this is doing this to a cup, what is this doing to my child's body? Okay. And it's literally the story of the ketogenic diet. And it was to help epilepsy, the ketogenic diet, not to help with weight loss, all that kind of stuff. It was originally designed to help with epilepsy. But anyway, um, I've, <laughs> I've wasted enough of your time. Let's get into this first article here because, again, this is just... This is sad and just horrific. This article came out from STAT. So I don't even know what exactly STAT is. It's uh, STAT.com or STATnews.com. Excuse me. And this article came out in December of tw uh, December 3rd of 2019. Excuse me. Um... Starting in the early 1990s, the internal um, the the internal emails and other documents describe Purdue's preparation for the opioids launch in 1996. It's planned for targeting oxycotton to non-cancer patients with chronic pain, and how the company aggressively fought off threats to its um, blockbuster sales even as the opioid pandemic took hold. Below is a timeline of Purdue's activities, as revealed by the newly released documents and some that were already public, and excerpts from some of those records. Okay? So June 15th, 1993 to April 15th, 1994, Purdue conducted a clinical trial in elderly patients with uh, osteoarthritis to test in the safety and efficacy of Oxycontin. It enrolled 133 patients, but only 63 completed the trial. About 82% of the patients had some sort of adverse event related to the, to, or to the treatment. Yet Purdue concluded that the study demonstrated that the controlled release Oxycontin is a safe and effective um, uh, and uh, anesthetic for the controlled or to or for the control of osteoarthritis related pain uh, in December of uh, December 29th 1994 sales and marketing uh, executive Michael Freeman who would later become Purdue CEO sent a memo marked quote very confidential end quote 
uh, to three members of the Sackler family, including Richard, outlining the planned marketing strategy. Quoting, our current MS Cotton uh, Cotton business uh, has created a franchise with certain physicians who routinely write prescriptions for the drug. And uh, Friedman wrote, these family physicians, general physicians, and internists may be the bridge that we can use to expand the use of Oxycontin beyond cancer patients to chronic non-malignant pain, end quote. The market that he noted uh, accounted for 6.7 million prescriptions a year. Okay. Um, and here's a quote from, uh, from someone on the inside. Well, not on the inside, but within the company. We do not want to position Oxycontin in a way that will discourage physicians from using Oxycontin for chronic non-malignant pain, especially when we have studies available that demonstrate efficacy and safety for this indication. On March 31st, 1995, in the minutes of a marketing team meeting on the impeding launch of Oxycontin in the U.S., Purdue staff emphasize that the drug needs to be used for a broad group of pain patients and that the twice a day twice daily dose of oxycontin is its quote most important benefit uh it will reinforce that we do not want niche oxycontin just for cancer pain quote uh end quote on that one uh, the minutes stated. The team conducted folk, uh, focus groups and one-on-one -on -one interviews with more than 500 health professionals to gauge their attitudes about prescribing Oxycontin. Quoting, 66% of those questioned would be would use Oxycontin on opioid native or na naive patients. End quote. Um, May, May 6, 1996, executive, um, executives of Purdue and the Sacklers Global Drug Company, um, Malta, um, Maduma Pharma, I've never heard of them, met the, uh, pharma, pharma, excuse me, <laughs> met with the, uh, pharmacology group at Geneva University Hospital in Switzerland in an effort to enlist an influential doctor in the group to conduct a study of Oxycontin. A report on the meeting was shared with Richard Sackler. It described, quote, good cooperation, end quote, with Pierre De uh, Dayer. And quoting, a most important person in the Swiss medical area, end quote. A development a view of being uh, deceive for the uh, decisive for the future, although he did not express interest. Dyer raised some concerns, according to the memo, including how low back pain is quote not regarded a suitable indication for opioids in Europe. This indication is accompanied by a psychological factor which holds a risk for ad uh, addiction in opioids are used for treatment, end quote. Among these subjects, uh, Dyer considered important and worthy for future 
or for further investigation is information about the abuse slash addiction uh, potential versus other opioids because of the rapid onset of actions of Oxycontin. And September 3rd, 1996, Richard Sackler sent an email uh, stirring, uh, stringing with Purdue executives about how to best to promote the successful launch of Oxycontin. First year sales goals were reached four months early. Described his aggressive approach for expanding the drugs market, including internationally. He wrote that he, quote, wanted to get an audience for our patients' infringement suits so that we are feared as a tiger with claws, teeth, and balls that builds some excitement with the prescribers of Oxycontin tablets is the way to go, end quote. On October 23rd, 1996, in another email exchange with executives, Richard Sackler shows his attention to detail, excuse me, his attention to detail. In this case, about which, about whether uh, dinner programs Purdue hosts for doctors are cost-effective in driving an increase in attendees prescribing of OxyContin. Quoting, physicians who attend the dinner programs or the weekly meetings wrote more than double the number of of new prescriptions for OxyContin compared to the control group. End quote. Sackler noted, quoting from the uh, minute, uh, from the minute of an OxyContin team meeting, weekend meetings had the greatest impact, increasing new prescriptions for OxyContin by a factor between 2.6 and, or excuse me, 2.16 and 2.62. Sackler was somewhat skeptical, however, quoting, "This is very encouraging, although I must allow." that all the promotion or proportions of a percentage without the association absolute numbers is inherently meaningless was the number of increased prescriptions commercially significant he asked if so what would the cost per increased prescriptions be assuming that the absolute difference persisted end quote January 3rd, 1997, a Purdue sales representative began stringing an email, or of emails, excuse me, after hearing from pain clinic doctors about two letters from the pharmacy benefit manager, Merck uh, Medco, and PBM raised concerns about the, quote, abuse potential of using Oxycontin, and MS Cotton, uh, in two chronic minor p- uh, patients. The email was shared all the way up the ladder to Richard Sackler. The doctor and representative sales uh, wrote, quoting, is concerned that in the future he will receive more pressure from them to not use our products, end quote. A number of Purdue executives saw Merrick uh, Medco's letter as a sign of growing concerns among managed care insurances, uh, insurance plans over the financial cost of the expanding use of Oxycontin for non-cancer patients, a threat, they argued, Purdue needed to confront if it wanted to avoid being shut da- out of the HMOs and to stay in business. 
January 11th, 1997, quoting, This is becoming a more common comment, and uh, wrote Freeman, who was then the lead sales and marketing for Purdue. That evening, Sackler uh, replied that there are two issues. One is the need to provide economic justification for Oxycontin's cost. And, quoting, the second issue is that the chronic non-malignant pain patients and his or her right to effective opioid treatments. We may need to start a campaign to focus attention on the untreated patients in severe pain who is mobilized and given her life back by our products. I think that this is something that we should start this year, end quote. January 14, 1997, Dr. Paul uh, Goldenheim, Purdue's medical director, re- refocuses the conversation on addiction and noted that the email that started this, quote, has little to do with the pharma, um, the pharma economics, or economics, excuse me, pharma economics. We need to talk to Med- Medco and others about addiction, end quote. Sackler replied, quoting, Why do you guys plan a prescription about addiction? Our presentation, excuse me. Why do you guys plan a presentation about addiction? Adding that they should give a convincing presentation that controlled release products are less prone to addiction potential, abuse, or diversion than immediate release products. I think this can be done, but I defer to BK and RR and other experts, end quote. January 16th, 1997, quoting, We are swamped. Goldenheim emailed Fredman, or Friedman, and proposed adding another physician to the Oxycontin efforts, including the, quote, massive non-cancer pain program. We have a tiger by the ball, or by the tail. And I wonder if we should add more muscle. Let's discuss over live sushi, end quote. This is kind of sad. I mean, it's just to see that the the route that these guys were willing to take to push this out there. This this harshly. This I can't I can't even describe it. Anyway, April 22nd, 1997, Freeman tries to uh quell uh, suggestions from Richard Sackler that Purdue engaged in ma- uh, mes- messaging that pushes back against negative prescriptions by some oncologists that o- Oxycontin has a, quote, ceiling effect, end quote. Meaning increasing the dose beyond a certain point doesn't make it more effective. What materials could we pull together that would smash this critical misconception, end quote. Sackler asked Freeman. In response, Freeman said, quote, even as we seek to increase the use of the of the drug in higher doses, we should be very careful. Notice that. We should be very careful. 
Um, back to the article, the strength of the drug is uh, principally a barrier in malignant cancer pain. We do not want to change the image in a way that will discourage non-malignant use. A barrage or of messaging would be ill-advised, end quote. Sackler responds with the following day, uh, quoting, what about rifle shots, end quote. In uh, June, 2000, or June 13, 1997, minutes from a meeting of OxyContin's team spells out in a greater detail the Messaging Balance Act for the drug. Given Purdue's keen interest is in not scarring off the non-cancer pain market, which is much larger than the cancer patient market. Quoting, we can show that what we are are as effective as more, or, excuse me, let me requote that. We can show that we are as effective as morphine, but do not want to say Oxycontin is as powerful as morphine. A marketing and sales executive said, quoting, words such as powerful make some people think the drug is dangerous and should be reserved for the more severe pain, end quote. January 25th, 1999, a memo of the prescription sales force uh, team at Purdue shows just how aggressively the company was pushing Oxycontin sales. Sales representatives are told their bonuses will be calculated in a way that makes the incentive for selling Oxycontin much greater than the selling of MS cotton. I don't know what MS cotton is, I forget. Anyway, quoting, your priority is to sell, sell, sell Oxycontin, end quote, the memo said, pointing out specific uh, pain conditions to emphasize and sell for. It included, quoting, finally continue to highlight the advantages of Oxycontin, especially for use in the elderly, end quote. May 30th, 1999, one way that Purdue encouraged prescriptions of Oxycontin was to uh, cultivate pain professionals and position the drug as helpful to solve an epidemic of chronic pain in the U.S. In one email, Sackler pre preferenced his strong relationship with pain doctors, quoting, It is also too, so encouraging to see and experience how happy the key pain specialists are for me, end quote. He wrote referring the, to his untiring efforts to make Oxycontin a huge success. He added, quoting, I intend to invite the president of the pain society to, to our gala night at the end of the kickoff meeting. It is unusual to have customers at company functions, but we have such good relationships with them, end quote. November 30th, 1999, a sales representative emailed Dr. J. David Haddix, a Purdue executive, about the growing concerns among uh, physicians about news reports of the diversion and abuse of Oxycontin, including people extracting the oxycodone, or yeah, the oxycodone in the tablet for main mainlining illegally. Quoting, 
While many salespeople have sold controlled release opioids as having less abusive uh, potential, their current situation has put us in an awkward situation. This sales rep wrote, I feel like we have a credibility issue that our product are with our product, excuse me. Many physicians now think Oxycontin is obviously the street drug all the drug addicts are seeking, end quote. March 13th, 2000, Purdue sent a sales force 50 copies, sales of, these, of the 1999 um, American Pain Society treatment, guidelines anyway. Sorry there, I got distracted a minute. Anyway, <laughs> back to the article here. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, Purdue sent all sales force 50 copies of all the 1999 American Pain Society treatment uh, guidelines to use in promoting Oxycontin to physicians. That's the same group whose President Sackler uh, planned to invite to the gala f uh, because of their good relationship. Quoting, the guidelines can be effective tools for selling our product, the memo said. August 3rd, 2001, the Kentucky Oxycontin Task Force uh, issues recommendations for, to eliminate illegal use of the drug. A year earlier, the report said state officials had begun to see an up, uh, uptick in uh, problems related to Oxycontin. By fall 2000, the problem had grown to epidemic proportions and in November of 2000 federal state and local law enforcement joined forces to try and tackle the problem the report noted that representatives from Purdue Pharma have joined the task force and have committed time and money for education on diverse aspects August 29 2001 representatives from Purdue uh, spoke at the meeting of the Kentucky Department of Medical, uh, or excuse me, for Medicaid Services uh, Drug Management Review Ad Advisory Board and offered to help train health professionals on pain management. Dr. Ruth uh, Plant from Purdue told the board, quote, we know physicians and pharmacists traditionally to to this date anyway, don't get a lot of pain management education in school. And if we help uh, supply third-party, non-professional pieces that might help with that education process, that's why we're coming to you all to see that you'd like to see if you would like to work with us about a mailing." End quote. February 28, 2002, an email about working with the institutions that are requi requested gra um, grants from Purdue, apparently to support the educational program, advises sales reps not to write grant requests on behalf of an institution. It goes on a list statement that should not be included in a grant letter. They included, quote, Jane Doe sales, Representatives promised uh, promised me five thousand in support for this program. We have sold more oxycotton than ever. This program will ensure that our sales will increase, and Purdue will definitely get a bang for their buck if they support this program. January third, two thousand three, a Purdue position paper intended. 
for medical doctors and pharmacy directors for insurance plans argued against requiring prior authorization for Oxycontin, which could, or excuse me, which would restrict access to the drug. Quoting, in our view, facilitating patients against or access to pain management therapies without imposing proper author authorization specifics to oxycontin will serve the medical needs of the patients for whom the uh, anesthetic is appropriate um, excuse me for whom this anesthetic is appropriate therapy end quote prior authorization is argued quoting may only extend the period of suffering for patients but also leads to greater expenses in the long term end quote Due to additional staffing time and prior authorizations and is necessary, it continued it should only if the daily dose of Oxycontin tablets exceed 320 milligrams. That's a lot of milligrams. That's a lot. Wow. That's insane. Um, February 12th of 2004, a, a Food and Drug Administration letter responding to Proposed promotional material sub, um, submitted by Purdue for Oxycontins cites numerous misleading or unsubstantiated unsubsta- uh, marketing claims. Among the items that the FDA takes issue with is that Purdue claims Oxycontin is more effective than hydrocodone and acetaminophen combination. Quoting, when such has, n- has not been demonstrated by substantial evidence, end quote. That is, that it uh, presents a case study of a truck driver taking the drug without noticing that Oxycontin can impair abilities needed for driving and that it didn't act um, adequately explain that Oxycontin isn't for everyone. Quoting, this... um, This presentation is misleading because you fail to present important risk information that describes patients' populations where Oxycontin use is uh, contrabanded, the FDA wrote. April 30th, 2013, documents from the Commonwealth of Kentucky lawsuit uh, against Purdue show that Purdue had 78 sales representatives assigned to Kentucky alone who promotes Oxycontin in some form through 2010. July 20, 2014, Dr. William T. Fanning, a licensed physician in Kentucky, swears an affidavit as part of the Commonwealth of Kentucky versus Purdue Pharma. Fanning stated, quote, I was advised by the manufacturer of Oxycontin through its employees and marketing materials that Oxycontin was less addictive, less prone to tolerance, and less prone to abuse than other opiates. End quote. As a result of these presentations, he added, I prescribed Oxycontin to patients who suffered adverse health consequences. End quote. He further said, quoting, It is my belief the marketing of Oxycontin is the above stated manner resulted in numerous health consequences to patients and other individuals in Kentucky, especially those in Eastern Kentucky, end quote. That was from the stat 
Facebook.com. Okay. Um, these numbers are just absolutely just devastating. I mean, it's, it obviously just goes to show that these people didn't care about the adverse effects that it would contribute to. Obviously. But I've said my piece for now. We are going to uh, obviously make this a two-parter. Uh, I don't have much time or much more time to get into anything else just because of the amount of how uh, the timing that I like to keep on this uh, podcast. But um, anyway, um, stay tuned for next week, everyone. And again, uh, if you have any comments or anything else on this ep- on this episode alone, um, maybe some more information, whatever, definitely uh, send it to me. Um, you can send it to me on uh, Instagram or confusedworldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves and each other.